funniest player on the team for me is Belly, and it's the way he delivers for real. It's like when he delivers his jokes, there's no laugh, and you really can't even tell if he's serious or not. We deserve this win, man. Fox Sports 5 flying high in Motown. Oh, my goodness. I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling the best I've ever felt. I'm excited. I'm, I'm all about winning. I know that the fans here are extremely loyal and passionate. And just like them, I, I want to become not just a playoff team, but a sustained playoff team and eventually get back to some of that championship success and contention. With the 12th pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Sacramento Kings select Tyrese Halliburton. Imagine being one of those players that's on a team that you know hasn't been in the playoffs in over a decade, almost two decades, about a decade and a half, and then being the first team to actually get to the playoffs. Just being able to be a part of that would definitely be something special. And if we can, you know, end up building a championship contending team, you're winning a championship in Sacramento. Like that's that's looked at a lot differently. You probably feel better than you do than with anything else. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse podcast presented by the King's Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez. And we are coming right off a championship for the Sacramento Kings. And I am joined by no other than Jill Adge, I think the perfect celebratory partner <laughs> tonight. Um, what is going on, Jill? How are you feeling? Summer League champions. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm laughing because the other day I made the comment, oh, you know, I'd rather leave with an identity than, than a championship. Um, and summer league thinking that we weren't even going to get to this game based on how they did the weird um, point differential, but props to these guys for getting there and then for completely blowing, right. Completely blowing it out. And I just go back to uh, Mitchell made the comment that Bobby Jackson told them at the beginning of camp that we're not going to be the most talented team but we can go out there and be the hardest working team out there. And, and you'll see that that make a, that makes a difference and kudos to Bobby and Doug and Lindsay Harding and Stacy Jonah. Um, a lot of those coaches that we'll see on the bench this year, got these guys to buy in. Right. And they showed that defense isn't always about talent. A lot of it is effort and just willing to, to put it out there. So obviously, you know, it's summer league, um, but these are guys playing for their careers essentially. So kudos to them. You know what, when we don't get playoffs, summer league is our playoffs for Kings fans at this point. Like we've had two championships in the 15 year drought. So at this point, people laugh at it and do all that stuff. But you know what? This is when we actually get to to cheer on for something, um, whether it's, you know, meaningful technically or not. So I, I love seeing young guys go out there and just leave it all on the court. I saw a lot of Celtics fans this saying they were going for banner 17.5. Um, and I think that if you're combining two halves with the Summer League Championships, like, I mean, technically the Kings have one. No, like they, uh, yeah. this is, a, this is, a <laughs> this is the Kings moment the Kings fans moments this time of year right now. And, uh, it, it is crazy that it mainly happened on the defensive end. You know, I think that, um, like, you know, Celtics roster and some other rosters you think of Atlanta are, are probably more talented. I do think the Kings like talent on the roster was understated a little bit, you know, like there's a lot of second rounders, at least compared to just like straight up unwrapped undrafted guys. 
I think um, that's where it kind of differs, but where you, normally you saw people talk about, oh, all the first round talent. You know, Kings right. had one, one first round guy on that squad and, and look what they did. But you make a great point that there were a number of, of second round um, picks, two ways. I mean, look at Terry who played in Europe, you know, he played in Europe and then as well as the G League last year or in the double. Um, so, I mean, there were guys that actually had experience, right? So that that it wasn't necessarily um, Ramsey who's 20 and, you know, with that play that was on a team last year, but never really saw significant or any kind of minutes compared to some of these other second year players like Pritchard and, and a lot of that Boston team where they, in terms of NBA minutes, they had a lot, you know, of, of minutes compared to guys on the Kings roster at this point. Yeah, totally. And, and let's just talk about that first rounder, which it kind of felt like, you know, you know, it could be the coaching staff just really pushing a lot of defense, but it almost felt like just knowing who Mitchell is and the reporting of him that the team built around his character almost, you know, this um, hard-nosed, defensive-focused um, talent. And I just want to ask you, like, I mean, were you someone that was disappointed somewhat or, or surprised in the Mitchell pick at the time? And how has this summer league performance changed your opinion of the pick and, and him in general? I was completely surprised, not about necessarily him as a player, just based on what I thought this team needed. And I, if, if the Kings thought best player available to totally get it. Um, I kind of had guys, similar guys kind of in a tier uh, at that point and probably would have gone a wing, but I'm also one where as soon as you're drafted here, I I'm going to give you a shot. I, I would rather be wrong and the Kings be good, right? Than wishing for someone to fail to try and think that me being shocked or me being surprised um, somehow uh, I'd rather, you know what I mean? Like have that than, than the team actually succeed and the player that that's taken. None of these guys asked besides maybe Fox to be drafted here, right? Like you're, you're thrown into this. He was surprised clearly. Um but after watching, like, yes, it is summer league, but I totally get it. If you have a guy out there who is going 110% on both ends of the floor, it's going to be very glaring when you are not, right? And, and that was such a problem of, of this team last year and, and previous years where how many, how many times in this 15-year drought have we said more effort, more physicality, like, give, give a crap. You know I mean? It's, we hear guys all the time. I'm, I'm so sick of losing. I don't know how to change it. Um, and maybe a guy like this can, can rub off on that. Uh, I, I think that's kind of what they're hoping for. In addition to, um, the talent that, that you did see. I mean, every time where I was almost where I was like, I wanted put something out there, but I don't like, I, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to be something that, that turns it around where there was so much of the, the off night and the Pritchard talk of, you know, if he comes back, he's completely going to shut it down. I really wanted him to, but I also didn't want to totally throw it out into the world and put so much pressure on, on a young kid coming in, but kudos to him. He did it every single game. And 
if he can do a portion of that this next year, I don't know how Kings fans, whether you liked the pick or not, I don't know how anyone's going to not be rooting or, or happy for this, this kid, especially when as a fan base, we complained all the time about lack of defense, lack of effort, lack of dogs. You know what I mean? Like someone just taking control. He very much seems like that kind of guy. And, and based on the talk from the Baylor coaches, the video, the video guys from Baylor, uh, fellow draft picks, you know, of this season from Baylor, uh, everyone said he made them better. He, he creates an identity with, within a group and, um, it's hard not to just be around that guy and want to be better. So again, if, if the Kings can, can get any, even half of those pieces out of this guy, I, I don't see how we wouldn't, we won't end up being happy. Totally. I really wish I watched the draft with a friend and I really wish he would have recorded my reaction um, because I, I was sitting here refreshing Woj and Shams feeds um, and I stepped away for a second and was like, you know, I'm just going to watch them announce the pick. And then I got really impatient, went back to my computer. And I think I I, I probably was very dramatic when I found out it was Davion Mitchell um, because uh, I uh, it just I don't know. I, I did a good amount of draft work and I just yeah. never even really considered Mitchell that much. But I can't tell you how much like outside of positionally, which is a very big asterisk. He checks all the boxes. Right. Like yeah. everything that you mentioned, the toughness, defense. Um, I, I mean, we've heard culture thrown out a lot. And I think that's one of the main things I want to talk about with this squad before we jump into maybe some of the improvements or even a little bit of lesser play from some of these second round guys um, and two way contracts. But like, you know, I, the defense last year, like there's a couple guys on the roster. I specifically think of Fox and Barnes that um, I, I wouldn't say that some nights was low effort, but it was more so some nights just weren't high effort. And I feel like it needs to be high effort most nights on the defensive end of the floor. And I understand getting discouraged. Um, My point being like, they shouldn't have been as bad as they were last year. You know, um, I I understand it a bit with the personnel, but sometimes they kind of just rolled over and died on the defensive end of the floor. They look at a little discouraged. Um, I mean, do you expect that some of this, kind of rolls over is is it something that you see is mainly only sustainable during you know summer league rosters and things like that or would you expect that they're really going to put an emphasis on the defensive end of the floor this season um and, and i think a lot of the personnel mcnair brought in could lead someone to thinking that yeah i i mean i would hope it would roll over because all you continue to hear is how you were just about the worst, the, the worst defensive team in league history. I mean, if that doesn't make you want to change, right. The, at least on that side of the ball, I really don't know what, what honestly, what would, because that's even during these games, that's all people talked about, right. Was how bad they were on, on defense. And granted, I will say going into the season, the depth wasn't totally there, right. We, we saw some of the defensive numbers improve the second half of the season. Once we got a little bit more depth, um, I do think a lot of minutes were put on a lot of those guys. And even someone like Barnes, where 
he had a really good first half of the year and then kind of had, because of injuries had to end up switching positions and things like that. Um, where even a guy like Mitchell, even for Fox, where if you rely on him so much on the offensive side of the ball, having a guy next to you like Mitchell can, can help, I think him out, um, and maybe not forcing him to have to over exert himself. I, I, I mean, I'm not totally looking for excuses or anything like that, but, um, yeah, I, at, at some point they do have to figure it out and they, they don't want to keep having that, um, that label right to them. And, and if you're truly interested in making the playoffs, like you proved you had two nine game losing streaks and you were still, uh, you know, less than, than, than one handful of games, um, outside of making, you know, a play in and at least giving your shot, giving a shot at, at the playoffs that if, if my biggest thing, if you can just be average on defense, they would have made the playoffs last year. They, they just had to be average, which they did that. What is it? The first seven games of the season or something like that. I mean, (laughs) I I remember putting out an episode, are the Kings a top, I think I even said top 20 defense. I tried to be reasonable and uh, yeah, they they answered my question. They totally were. They were a really good defense to start the year. And I'm trying to think who put out a graphic and it showed um, a graph of like the defensive trajectory from the start of the year to the bottom and the oh, Kings God. were up and literally it shot down and then just flatlined like it straight flatlined. There was no, no beeps of life anywhere in that thing. Like once, once it written down and it just showed that literally just, just be average. And, and they, they would have, you know, had a little bit more of a, more of an impact, but um it and it's hard to like it's hard to know with this roster at this point. It's we have what like eight weeks until camp. Um I I can't I have a hard I know we're at 15 plus two. We're we're set as a roster um number wise, but I I don't know. I'll still be shocked if this is the final roster eight weeks from now. Um but I also won't be shocked because I know other people have to want what we're offering and I don't see him just giving guys away either. But I, I also look at where you have guys like Jones met to Woodard. I'm sure we'll get into this later, but they have guarantees, but I also don't think they're necessarily good enough to where if there's other people out there that you can invite to camp and have a fight for a spot, I want guys having to work their ass off to get those last roster spots just because our depth was so bad last year and we can never stay healthy enough to rely on (laughs) these, you know, the end of guys of where you look at rosters like Brooklyn, um, Memphis, the Lakers, Atlanta, where it's no one's, no one's saying, Oh, Um, they, they have too much talent. They need to trade all these guys away on these good teams. No one's questioning, right. The, how many, how many guys they have at wing or how many guys they have at point guard, how many guys, but on a bad team, it's like, oh my God, the Kings have to make a decision now on, on who, you know, which of these three they're going to keep and who they're going to trade away. And it's like, no, they don't. 
Like there's still, there's still plenty of time for these guys to run it out there and, and see who can do what. So it's, it's going to be an interesting eight weeks, but back to your stuff. I, I hope it does translate over and, and I hope guys watching this, you know, saw that same thing. Um, you know, Halliburton did, he stayed around cause he said he was having so much fun watching these guys and then was practicing with them. Um, but yeah. And, and kudos to the coaching staff for getting guys to buy in, right? Like that right. <laughs> you showed get guys to buy in and they'll, they'll go out there like that. Even if, even if they're the lesser talent. Yeah. And a lot of the coaching staff uh, will be on the Sacramento roster that year or this coming season. And I think a lot of what you saw in summer league, the defense and effort really being an emphasis um, some of the additions this off season as well. And I think, you know, people don't love Thompson, but I think Thompson like does fit in regards to um, just like what you were missing. I, I think when it comes to roster construction, I totally understand the questions, you know, Len Thompson Holmes, like I totally get it. Um, but if you're talking, you know, a team that's primary weaknesses or concerns were defense rebounding and toughness. I mean, like that's kind of the three boxes that Thompson checks. Right. Um, yep. I, I don't love Thompson. Don't get me wrong, but like, I, it makes sense to me when it comes to a fit and sure. the weaknesses that Sacramento had. Um, but, but to talk about some of these second rounders a little bit, um, let's stay optimistic first. We just want a championship. So let's stay positive a little bit here. Um, Jemias Ramsey. I, was very skeptical of Jemias. Um, I, I love the pick at the time, you know, upside swing. I can't tell you how many times I joked around. He was seventh youngest player in the league last year, um, 19 years old. He looked so bad in the G League bubble. Like, I, I can't overstate how bad he looked. Um, I, I should have the exact numbers in front of me, but he had one game where I want to say he had four or five um, fouls in under 10 minutes. It was like almost impressive how poor some of these games were. You know, he wasn't hitting open three, which at very least should be the main thing for JR. Um, and he came out in this summer league and um, was really locked in and engaged on the defensive end of the floor. I thought in isolation, he was really impressive on the defensive end. Um, I, I did think he got lost on screens and still has a lot to work to a lot of work to do there, but he definitely bought in to what seemed to be the whole culture and energy of this summer league roster. And on the offensive end, he was, he was aggressive, you know, um, he had some minor injuries here and there last season that may have been affecting him and causing some of those issues. Um, I know there was a groin issue. I want to say there was an ankle thing going on right when this California classic started. Um, he didn't play the first game. He played the second, only had two points, but then in Vegas, um, 22 points in game one, 13, then 19, 11, 16 in the championship game. He didn't shoot amazing percentages. Um, but I, I think like you finally saw the upside of a scorer in Jemias Ramsey. You know, he was shooting the ball well. Um, he was driving efficiently and effectively and, and I think aggressive. Um, I, there was the athleticism on display. I thought around the rim, you know, a lot of finishing on the way down through contact. Um, so I was really impressed with Jemias, you know, I, I mean, I don't think he's a guy that is breaking the Sacramento roster this year still, but I, I mean, he gave me a lot of hope, especially compared to what was shown in the G league bubble. So how, how did you feel about Jr. and what kind of felt like a breakout performance for him in this summer league? I'm with you hundred percent. And a lot of times when we watch these guys, it's, 
it's, can you see something right. That like, that you can see that them being really good at or projecting with. And even Fran said it on the thing on the broadcast night, like you can see him being a scorer, whether it be like a six man type um, or whatnot. But I, I, I do think that age, like you mentioned though, has as much as we don't necessarily like to talk about it, or we talk about guys being old or young, but I mean, he did just turn 20, right? Like, and, and he was the second, I think the second youngest uh, in the draft last year. Like, I mean, and then you mentioned seventh youngest in the NBA. I, I know a lot of people don't necessarily like the plus or minus stats, but in, in Vegas for um, summer league, he was in the top 20 for, um, for a plus minus, which shows you that he was at least contributing across the board, right? Like, if he's not hitting something, he was doing something else, right. That, that made the team, um, that, that had an impact, um, on the team. I, his size, right. It's you, sh- he showed that he had really good strength, um, when he would go to the basket and had a, a good feel for, um, using, you know, his you, getting contact on guys and how to finish, um, when he did go to the rim, I thought he did a good job of, kind of realizing when maybe my shot's not there, um, but guys had to respect his, his pump fake. And then he he would completely blow by him um, and, and go to the basket there. But for um, what he did in Sacramento and yet we had, you had mentioned that he had had a, an ankle injury. And um, I don't think that was necessarily talked about as much as like, so when he was coming into that second game, I don't think he was totally um, necessarily in basketball shape. You know what I mean? Like getting in shape and getting ready um, for, for what was coming. And, and last year he, it didn't totally surprise me that going into the, the bubble that he did struggle because when we talk about this stuff for, for last year, if, if you weren't playing, you weren't getting practice. Like there, there was no way for these guys to get in any kind of rhythm, um, even be in game shape, right? Like those couple of weeks there. Um, and then if you're dealing with any kind of injury or, or anything like that, and then he was going to, he went to what the Clippers, like it had nothing to do with the Kings. You're going to a whole new set of, there were so um, many players, guards on right? that like roster too. Yeah. Um, it was a horrible roster for him. Yeah. And, and you're trying to find your place in there and, and being young, like it's, you're trying to find a place with your players, your coaching staff, uh, possibly new systems. Um, and, and not a lot of time to necessarily learn it. So it was nice to see him with this group, uh, and, and you know what, this group has been working out together a lot this summer. And, and I thought you could kind of see that too, like that these guys looked comfortable together. They were having fun. Um, they looked comfortable with Bobby because Bobby's been working with them all summer. Um, you saw the videos of, of Doug, right? Like working with these guys one-on-one. You have Rico working with them. Um, I, I was just really happy for the kid. Like it's, we... Sadly, as a Kings fan, like so many second rounders don't end up sticking around in this league, aren't nearly asked as much as what Kings fans constantly ask of second rounders because we don't have anybody else producing on the roster. So 
I mean, all last season, it was throw Woodard in, throw Ramsey in. Like, and there were so many times where they were literally the last people on the bench. But you could also see that they weren't necessarily ready for that either. Like, had we seen those guys get thrown into it, I don't think that it necessarily would have been really fair or, or pretty to those guys either, um, not having that development last year. So it, it was just nice to see him kind of find his rhythm and, and a place within this group. And even him and Mitchell were having, they had really good chemistry out there, uh, and, and kind of had a good feel for where each other, uh, was going to be at times. And so it, it was exciting to see. I, I really, I know he has a guaranteed spot now, but to me, he's shown enough where, I want him to have one of those, um, one of those last spots. And, um, I can't wait to see what, uh, what Bobby and those guys continue to do with them, because even though he has that roster spot, I do think he's going to be right. He's going to be going up and down a lot. Just, you got to get him those minutes and that's the only way, um, he's going to keep developing, but, uh, the mold of him so far, it's, I like, I like what I've seen. For a (laughs) twenty-year-old, yeah, absolutely. And I think to me, the next step for Jr. is like just dominating and kind of leading a summer league team. You know, because to me, the ceiling idea of Jamias Ramsey is this six-man spark plug um, that you know gets you twelve points in ten minutes, sort of thing. Um, Right. So I think that um, there is still a lot of G League reps. Like I don't expect him to have much. Um, impact on the Sacramento roster next year, especially with the guard log jam that they have or anything like that. But it made me really a lot more optimistic, um, especially because I, I did grow to be a little bit pessimistic and skeptical from his G League performance, which uh, was premature of me, admittedly. Um, but I think the flip side of the coin that's interesting is Robert Woodard, right? Like Woodard looked really rough in these summer league games, like really bad. Um, and I have a theory that I haven't like really thrown out there yet. Cause it's just a theory. Um, but it, it just, it, it feels like a confidence thing. Like in the, in the bubble, um, you know, he had a couple games really early on where he was the third guy on that, um, Austin Spurs roster behind Trey Jones and Lucas Samanich, I think is how you mm-hmm. say the last name. Um, they're a really high paced offense. So it kind of simplified the game for him. Um, and, and he had his transition opportunities throughout summer league that he, he really kind of, um, didn't convert too well or made poor decisions, even if it should be simpler decision-making, um, but it's just two sides of the coin, you know, like I, I, JR looked really rough in what I thought was a poor positional fit and just roster fit for him in the, in the um, G league. And Woodard was the opposite side of that. Like I thought he f- fit on that team really well and looked really good. Um, and he had his moments of like showing some offensive flashes that he never even showed at Mississippi state during his time in the bubble. Um, right. I want to say he he had multiple games of more shots than he had during his entire two years at Mississippi state. He was really confident on confident on the offensive end of the floor. Um, you know, he was still kind of getting his rebounds and, and doing a little bit of the dirty work throughout the California classic. But for a guy that was your second rounder and going into his second year, I mean, like I really expected a lot more for, from him. Um, and it, it, again, like it felt like a confidence thing. You know, he came out in the first game, eight points, seven boards, but four of 14 from the field, 0 of four from three. 
Um, game two of California Classic, 6.6 boards, assistant and a steal, um, one of six from the field, one of four from three, and then he gets benched. Um, and I, I mean, I think that was deserved. Like he, he looked mm-hmm. really bad, but I, I, I struggled to just like throw in the towel on Woodard. I think like similarly to Jr., I was a little quick to do it. Um, like Woodard obviously has the frame. I think he looks a, mo- a lot more clunky than he did during the G league, which is concerning. You know, I've seen some people throw around, like maybe he got too big, which might've been the case. Um, But, but Woodard was, Woodard was rough in this one. And I think that, you know, as a second year guy that maybe the situation wasn't the most ideal for him. I think he's a guy that projects is more optimal as a complimentary piece, like surrounded by high usage guys, which I think is a really interesting point when it comes to this summer league roster, um, because they didn't really have those. Ding, ding, ding. I, that's exactly what I was gonna. Yep. Are, are you I like, think you're on are, the right track. Ha, there. <laughs> how, how skeptical of you are Woodard, I guess, like, because I see, I see, you know, when you're talking about this end of the roster thing, I think with how poor he was, like, there's some questions of like, is he a guy that's even sticking at the end of the roster? That's, that's kind of been my question kind of throughout this whole thing is where to me, I think Lewis King has showed more of a deserving, you know what I mean? To have that last roster spot and have Woodard be the two-way guy. Like I'd rather have King on the (laughs) roster, right. And someone and him not be a restricted free agent next year. I'd rather have King locked up at this point and, and Woodard be the two way and try to figure it out. But I do think you were onto something um, is even as he was coming out of the, the draft and there were a lot of people that had him projected to actually go to Boston where he would have been that complimentary piece. Like he even said in college, um, he tried to find to almost already predefine that role for himself of what he could be in the league. And his was that three and D kind of guy, even though we haven't really seen the three necessarily from him, but he kind of made it sound like where I know I'm not going to be the scorer, right. But can I get you rebounds? Can I get you steals? Can I, can I just do enough everywhere else on the court to where I'm not really asked to be that offensive threat? Um, And I think we saw that a lot here where, um, he had multiple games where he was, you know, a, a plus 20, a plus 10, a plus 11, um, where it didn't look pretty, but he had eight rebounds multiple times. He had seven offensive rebounds. Like he found other ways to, to produce, but the hard thing is on a bad team, complimentary guys are good when you're good. Right. But right now it's kind of hard to have that complimentary piece when you just need talent, right? Like we just need talent on this roster. Um, then, then when you actually get good, you start getting more of those complimentary guys that, that can, um, fit around you. And it's, I feel bad for the kid. Cause again, it's the same way I said with Ramsey, like they didn't have that development this, you know, the last year. And we're asking a lot of, of these second rounders, which again, we, we have multiple undrafted and second round picks on, you know what I mean? Like on these teams where a lot of teams might have one, might have two, might have zero. Like it's, um, you know, it's on a bad team. Again, you're expecting a lot from these guys. And, and we showed 
multiple times. Again, I'll say this last year, we showed multiple times where we had nobody else on the bench and we're asking, okay, throw in Ramsey, throw in Woodard. If that happens again this year, I think there's more talent in the free agent market that you could sign probably guys on a minimum that you would actually be able to throw out there if you are serious about making the playoffs. And I, again, I feel bad for Woodard, like for saying that, but that's the reality where we're at as well. Um, when, when you only have so many spots, we're, we're still going through the COVID situation. You just don't know who's going to be available. Who's not injury wise. This team hasn't totally proven to be capable of, of staying healthy altogether either. Um, that it's again, I, I, at this point, I'd rather have Lewis King have that last roster spot and I'd have no problem with Woodard on, on a two-way. If, if we were talking about him on a two-way contract right now, like I'd have no problem with, with what I'm seeing. But unfortunately when this team is really, really light in the wing department, um, you need guys that you can, that you can throw out there. And I just don't know if he's there yet. I mean, maybe I'm totally wrong and he'll prove us all wrong. I, I have no idea what Monty's thinking at this point. Um, but just based on this summer league, like that's what I'm going off of. He showed more with the Spurs and that system, right? Like we saw flashes there. Um, but I don't know if he feels like he can be that kind of player here with, with, the the guys that he's necessarily um surrounded with so it's i don't know i don't know <laughs> but like it's again like you think i see him more of like do the rebounds get the steals shoot three and we just never saw yeah the three like what he flashed as was when he was doing his pump fake and then um sl- he had a couple good you know slams with his claw um, but then he also just ran people over too. Like he was, yeah, most of the time like he, he was running back. So it, it was, was like, not good. Um, yeah. so it's, I, again, and I don't know what, what this team envisions it. Maybe they want him to be like just that, that complimentary guy. Maybe that's what's been relayed to him. And that's what he was kind of doing this, you know, the last couple of games where he wasn't really shooting a lot. Um, you know, wasn't totally aggressive. It's, it's just hard to, it's, it's hard to know. Cause we also don't really, we don't really get told, <laughs> um, what necessarily roles these guys are having. It's, this is our best guess. So, um, unfortunately I wasn't totally thrilled with, with how he played. Sorry, Woodard. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think that, uh, you are definitely not in the minority there. And I, I just have trouble letting go a little bit. Like, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue that King wasn't better than Woodard or I'd rather have King on as the 15th spot and, and swap their positions when it comes to 15th spot or two way sort of thing. Um, but I, I mean, I, I just struggle. I know Woodard's it's only six, six. I saw something about this on Twitter the other day. Like to me, Woodard's it's a three, four, I don't worry about it that much, you know, when it comes to like the, I mean, I define, positions as the defensive end of the floor and I think that Woodard has shown good things there and I think he's shown things that like the roster doesn't really have like I don't know what wing they have that I would put at the three or four that has like the weak side rim protection and disruptive defense potential that he has 
Um, it, it's just hard for me to let go. So like, I mean, That's he, needs, he needs to show more, obviously. Um, and I thought, I, I really thought this was a really good opportunity for him. You know, he, he popped a lot during his time in Austin. I thought he needed to do that in summer league as most second year guys do. Um, so obviously really disappointed, but I, I just, I struggle letting go. Um, I, sure, I mean, nah, yeah, I, I think like on offense, the jumper really obviously needs to come around, you know, like I, I think his decision-making and when struggles, when he put the ball on the floor, doesn't concern me too much because like, he's not just not really going to do that at the NBA level to me. Um, I, I think he has a super limited offensive role, um, but you have to be able to hit open threes. Right. And, and that's obviously the concern you touched on it a couple times. Um, in these games, oh, a four from three, one of four, um, didn't shoot it in first summer league game of Vegas, oh, of two, oh, of two, one of two, two of six tonight in this championship game. Um, random, he no, completely but like, stopped after that first game, like, right? Like, yeah. you just saw it stop. And, and like, it, it was never a thing in the G League bubble where you just didn't feel him out there. Um, and so it was just such a crazy turnaround for me. It didn't even feel like the Robert Woodard that I felt like I knew during this sure. summer league. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, like that's why I feel like I ride it up to a lot of confidence things. Um, it just didn't feel like he was in his groove and comfortable out there. So, I, I mean, it, it's not a guy to me that like, I haven't looked at the specific names that are out there in the open market, but I, I just don't know who you're bringing in as a 15th guy that is really that impactful when it comes to wins to the point where I'm ready to just kind of like throw in the towel on Woodard. Um, I'm still hesitant. Like, I mean, if he doesn't show you anything in the G league this year, then sure. You know, but I would just give it a little bit more time personally. The other point is if you are looking, depending on the kind of trades that are are possibly out there, if you can end up getting that star and you end up right, like sending buddy for multiple players, things like that, where, I could see it where he doesn't necessarily maybe make the cut that way, right? Like if you're, let's say you're trading to Memphis, right? And you actually legitimately get um, some maybe younger wings that have shown something more, like I could see him being um, a casualty that way, uh, maybe more compared to what's available on the the free agency market. Um, But yeah, it's and that's where, you know, it's this money and that staff is going to have to they're going to have to figure it out. Yeah. Um, Namia Skeeta, I am. Uh, I saw a video the other day of the draft room on the night that the Kings made their selections. <laughs> yeah. And Monty was really funny when he came in and announced the, the Namias pick. I think he was joking around saying that they were going trying to get people to guess where they, what they were selecting. And he was like, no, of course it's Namias, you know, like, and the impression I got was that like to them, this was clearly the best guy available sort of thing. Um, and maybe I'm reading too much into some no, I, random I, Instagram video. The way but. the guys acted, it, you got that impression. Yeah. Like you don't even have to ask, like, of course it's him. <laughs> yeah. He didn't play great or anything like that. I mean, I think you saw some of his defensive instincts. I think when it comes to big men, they're always going to take a little while. Um, I am really excited about Namias. I, I think that um, the potential is clearly there. You know, the size and timing on the defensive end jumped a little bit more than he probably should or, or and things like that. Like, I don't think he's a guy that makes 
an impact year one or anything like that, which is very rare for centers, especially second round centers to do anyways, and shouldn't be the expectation in the first place, um, in, in my opinion, at least. But what did you see from Namias during his time in the summer league as one of these like kind of quieter guys out there? He it's, it's what I thought he would be like where I had said, um, I, it's funny enough. I had talked about him on a, a podcast, um, with, uh, regarding the Sixers where I thought the Sixers could have used him as a, um, as a possible backup behind Embiid. You don't um, have Andre Drummond, <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, and I thought that he had the shades of Jakob with, um, the Spurs, like where he can move. He's somewhat athletic, but like you can still see a little bit of like where his jumping totally doesn't, you know, jump out at you, like where you can see when guys are getting on him, but, but when he's out there, he's positive. Like he does positive things. Right. And, um, and it took like a couple years, right? Like he was with Toronto, you see what he does now with the Spurs, like, and he's out there, he gets you blocks, he gets you rebounds, like, He's a presence at the rim. And that's totally what I end up seeing um, him hat. And I see as he grows, like that's the kind of um, impact that I see him having. And I, I was happy for him. Um, and he's got a huge fan base, which is, which is cool to see. Um, but yeah, like it's, to me, it was exactly what, what I expected. Yeah, I think same here. Nothing that blew me away and nothing that led me to thinking, you know, he's going to have some impact in year one or or anything like that. And, and, you know, maybe he does as a third string center or even, even like upside is, you know, backup center when you're talking year one. Like maybe there's some potential there if he gets a feel for the defensive end of the floor. He's obviously got ridiculous size. Um, and I think that's the main thing that stood out when he was out there. I was like, man, yeah. I mean, you're, you're watching a bunch of NBA players and it's like this guy stands out as so much bigger than the rest. Um, so yeah, you know, good instincts on the offensive end of the floor. I think when it comes to passing and finishing as well, um, even if he wasn't awesome when it comes to percentages during summer league. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think really encouraging, is there other guys before I ask you a little bit about, because what feels like it might be a completed roster at this point, um, and their possible progress going into next year. Is there any other guys from summer league that you feel like you want to talk about real quick before I ask you about that? Um, I don't think we've talked about King. Yeah. MVP. Um, you're right. MVP. Yeah. How dare I? He, uh, um, he so far has been everything that I had hoped for where last year, um, similar to how I was asking for DeLon and we got that where I'm like, I lost DeLon, but I got King where he was one where when Barnes had kind of gone down that I was like, Oh, we could give him a two way. Like, let's, let's throw King out there. Like he had he went off in the, in the bubble and had shown, um, you know, the, the offense and the defense that you were kind of hoping for where, and where they were like, if he had stayed another year, he would have been a first round talent like that. There's never been a question that that guy had a first round type talent. It's can he, there was feelings of where, they didn't know if he, it was like, um, 
work ethic or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there was but some reporting. It, it was weird like that, which where I mean, but how many times have we seen that now talked about players where it's like, oh, we didn't like how they interviewed or, you know, Kevin I mean, like, Porter, look at Kevin Porter last Jr. Year, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, oh, do do they play too many video games? Right. Like, it, I mean, it's weird that they have other interests. And so I don't know if his was totally that where, but it was a thing of where um, there was a question mark of, of how hard the kid would work. And then Detroit took him as um, an undrafted free agent. And they were very clear in that they made, you know, the front office change and did all that stuff last year. And that when they let him go, it wasn't anything that he did, like that he had done such a great job of proving what they thought people had talked about him wrong, um, that they never saw the work ethic issues. They never saw anything. They just didn't have with the new people coming in. They want, they were bringing in their own people. They just didn't feel like they had the spots for him. Um, and so, no, I think it was New York that picked him up for, um, for the bubble, but you haven't heard anything negative about him since that, right. That they were saying he did, he worked so hard, um, to overcome that kind of perception. And so I'm just really happy for the kid that, I mean, look what he's doing, right. He's, he's showing people again, why they thought the talent was there in the first place. And he kind of fits that wing that we've all been looking for and saying that we're missing that if they can really put this together, he's got the, the height, he's got the over seven foot wingspan. He can shoot the three. He can take guys off the dribble. He has shown that he can, you know, play defense and get steals that I still think that I think he's 22, that he's still, yes, very raw in the sense of um, minutes played, right? Like actually getting out there and getting, minutes but um out of anybody like to me he shows that he's got the biggest promise of of if if they keep this development going of really landing um and being something that this team needs and he fits the the timeline that we always talk about like he fits that that age range timeline um so in the sense where I do think, you know, I wish that they had him on the roster spot. Like I'm happy they have him on the two way and I'm happy knowing that he's going to be getting the minutes back and forth that, that he actually needs. Right. And not just um, necessarily sitting on the bench either that as long as the, the G league season happens um, hopefully um, with all the craziness and all that stuff, but uh, that he'll actually get out there and get the developed minutes that, um, that these guys still need, but, um, kudos to him. And he talk he talks so much crap where it's just, it's a joy to watch because we don't, again, we don't really have guys like that on the roster. So, um, it, it is pretty, pretty funny to see, even if it is summer league, like it's still, these guys are out there and, um, you know, it's, it's everything to them, right? Like we make the joke that, oh, it's just summer league, but for guys that are trying to make it into the league and stay like these kind of tournaments, these are everything to them. Like this is their shot. And so I love seeing guys make the most of, of their opportunities. And he very much, um, very much did that. So. Yeah. 
totally did that. Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, uh, summer league MVP, which is definitely funny to hear. Um, I, I mean, did they six... always have a summer league MVP? Like, I don't remember I don't that from before. No, I feel like that's a new trophy. I don't feel like I've seen that before. Okay. I, I was trying to figure out, was wrong. that just me? Cause I was like, I don't remember that from last time. So oh, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember that, uh, that trophy being a thing either, but yes, either way, Lewis King is the winner of that award. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, for a team deprived of you like typical small forwards, like six, seven versatility that he has, I think is super intriguing. Um, again, a guy that like, um, I, I mean, I don't think he's like contributing to Sacramento's roster next year, you know, like I, he has a chance, um, but I would still yep. throw him in the same boat as JR where a guy that I really want to see um, being a really high level contributor in the G league and taking advantage of that opportunity um, and maybe spot minutes here and there in the NBA, if that is what ends up happening. Um, but I think a lot of progress needs to be done on defense to me when I look at King and like, um, especially to just be sticking out there as like a complimentary guy when it comes to the main roster. Um, but, but I mean, like super encouraged, obviously with the potential that he showed. Um, I, I mean, all of these guys, like, you know, I don't view King and Ramsey as like good defenders particularly, but they very clearly bought in. Um, and I, I think like with the tools that those guys have, whether it be physicality yeah. or length, um, in either one of their situations, like their isolation defense has plenty of potential and is always going to be good. It's about like getting through ski- screens and off ball stuff, like the little, the little, um, the little details like that sort of stuff yeah. that I think they're going to need to work on when it comes to getting NBA minutes. Um, but I, either way, like super encouraging. Um, I, I think Lewis King was an absolutely great pickup for this team. Um, just, to mention Emmanuel Terry, because I feel like he absolutely deserves it. Yep. Um, ridiculous energy. Like he just feels so Rashawn Holmes esque, you know, like, I mean, I, I think he's a guy that deserves an NBA roster spot somewhere, whether it be a 15th guy or a two way or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, someone that spent a good amount of his time overseas, like, I mean, 15 boards in the championship game today, the energy you saw from him was ridiculous throughout all of these seven summer league games. So um, definitely just want to make sure we're mentioning his name as well, who I thought was really. I'd love to see him get that exhibit 10 contract. And um, if he doesn't get a shot somewhere else, at least give him a, a, a camp, you know what I mean? A training camp invite and let him go fight it out. Yeah, totally. Definitely deserves it. And seems like a guy that would really step up to that, uh, to that challenge. And the last thing I want to ask you, Jill, um, roster kind of seems to be in place unless there's a big trade that goes on, you know, a Simmons theme. It seems like Siakam got shut down. It wouldn't surprise me if there's something that happens that none of us have even talked about because it seems to be (laughs) the whole MO of this Kings front office. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they don't even spend the MLE. Um, it looks like Alex Len was a portion of the MLE rather than the biannual, which and I, that's where it's confusing. Cause even on, a uh, on spot rack, it, they have it listed as biannual. So I'm going to keep checking to see if mm. it ever changes, but even they had it listed as not it's the, the exact MLE, so amount it's, of the BAE. Uh, yeah. Right. So, um, I mean, it's, as we've seen a lot of times this, this off season, when it comes to contracts, um, I mean, I trust Bobby Marks and maybe it was a typo. I don't know. Maybe that was legitimately legit, but even on the the various websites that are known for tracking that stuff, they don't have it listed as MLE. So it, it'll be 
something that we continue to watch and, and look at, but um, I think it was James Ham too, that mentioned um, possibly not using that stuff and waiting till next year, because they do have a good amount of, of, um, he, he, he salary cap he dropping off, right? Max space. Right. Yeah. Um, so if you had a max in addition to, to those opportunities, if you can show something this year, again, I don't think that that money is going to mean anything if you don't take some sort of, totally. of leap this year. But he even said like they could make a big trade, like the Simmons trade and still have a max spot. Right. Like, because that buddy money is coming there on. no matter. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's again, like, it, again, that money's there, um, but it's can this team actually show progress enough to entice someone to to take that money? Because as um, as Pat Pat Bev said uh, a couple years ago, um, not all money is good money, and that was referring to the Kings, where he left ten million dollars on the table um, right. to stay to stay with the Clippers, and you saw how that necessarily worked out for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is it's like, I know we get frustrated as fans, like, and I totally get it because it's, you have this money out there. Why aren't you out there trying to do it? Like, it's not that they're not trying to do it. You have to have a player that says, I want to take your money and I want to come here. Like they're how many players took less money, right? Look at the Lakers like that. I don't doubt that how many different teams, right. That talked to some of those younger guys that ended up staying there. Um, because they wanted a chance to, to grow with some of those guys and take a little bit less money because they thought even taking less money and less minutes from a team like the Lakers will get them a, a bigger contract on, on their next one coming to the Kings and taking money now doesn't mean that you're going to go get paid, um, right somewhere again, that it's, it's the unfortunate thing where we're bad and we need talent, but we're also so bad that talent doesn't want to good talent doesn't want to come here. So it's, that's also why trades and, and drafting is so important. So, um, there's also no one really in, in free agency that I necessarily right now, like want to give that money to, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that I know we have the money there, but I also think at this point we'd be overpaying anybody that they would be offering that yeah, to me, it was like money Oubre, Oubre and Hart, I think, were the two like key names. And I didn't love either one. Like, I, I think I kind of fell for Oubre a little bit because I felt like there was some upside there. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know if either one of those guys are really moving the needle all that much, um, especially like if you have bigger plans down the line. And we have no I, I mean, part of the frustration is we have no clue. Right. Like this right. office is so <laughs> tight lipped. Um, but I'll say so before I throw this question at you, like I felt like last year they underperformed um, uh, and mm -hmm. which I think is a little, um, I, I think some people would question that based on their talent level, but I mean, I'm like very specifically thinking of the defensive end of the floor. I, I think they were a lot more talented than, what they showed on that end you know i don't think they're anywhere near a top 10 defense or anything like that but there's no way they should have been like clearly worst or clearly bottom three in the league you know it felt like portland there's minnesota no sacramento like just rolled over and died sometimes there's and, no like, reason that team should have lost nine games in a row twice like 100 right. like just in that fact alone yeah they underperformed like yeah that's 
there's no way that should have there. They had more talent on the roster than that. So with that in mind and what seems to be a little bit of a defensive focus next year, um, Mo Harkless was re-signed two years, 9 million. Alex Len is coming back two years, 7.6. Terrence Davis coming back two years, eight. Rashawn Holmes coming back four years, 46, I believe the number is. Um, and Tristan Thompson's going to be on the roster rather than DeLon Wright next year. Um, I know that breaks your heart. Um, but how much better if this roster is staying the same way, which I don't think is a crazy outcome, how much better is this Kings team next year? I mean, I don't see a whole lot. I mean, five games, maybe like I, I don't see it being a huge, a huge jump. I hope they prove me wrong. Yeah. I hope I'd be wrong in that. Um, but I don't see anyone in the West getting worse. So just for that simple fact, besides the, the teams that were already down at the bottom with us, um, I don't necessarily see anybody above us that got worse besides maybe, maybe Portland dropping a couple spots, but I still don't see a team of Lillard and McCollum not making the playoffs, right? Like not being a top eight team. Um, so in that sense, like I still see us in that nine, 10, like fight for that, that play in range. Um, again, I, I hope I'm wrong, but, um, Again, the guys on the court have to prove, right? Have to prove, have to prove that, that that's not the case. And until they do that, it's hard to, um, to be super optimistic and that they will completely change, um, change things around. So, but yeah. you know, and at some point that's, they, them and the, and the coaching staff has to figure it out. Right. And the, the guy that you all wanted to blame Rex, right. Is gone. So you have a, a whole new, what, three, three, four new coaches in, um, this next year. And so, I mean, it's end of the day, it's still Luke Walton staff and he's still the one putting and taking out players. Um, we can blame offensive, you know, and defensive coaches all we want. He's still the head coach at the end of the day and making the rosters and the minutes and, um, and everything else. And the players are still the ones on the court that are, have to live with the numbers. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but I don't see, again, I don't see any of those guys wanting to come back and, and have the league worst label on on there again, especially guys like Mo. And I mean, there's still guys that are young that want to, they don't see this being their last stop. You know what I mean? That, um, so again, you're going to have guys playing for, um, to make something of themselves. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard to argue that it's not just kind of marginal improvement. Um, I forget which one of them it is, and I feel bad about it, but one of the King Serral guys said it feels like the Kings are operating as contenders and just making moves on the fringes. Um, and, you know, obviously they're not in that position when it comes to their roster. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, I'm i very curious, you know, how they view Halliburton's ceiling. I think that, like, if you really view Halliburton as not that far off from Fox, which I personally don't, but I also see how you could mm. get to that thinking with some of his flashes last year. Um, that like 
maybe there's that's where the difference is when it comes to this roster construction. Um, but I mean, like I, I still think a bill, a big new, big move needs to be done. Um, yeah. and it kind of feels like Monty is just trying to be patient and not trying to force something, which is leading to frustration yeah. within the fan base, understandably. Um, but 15 years, right. He's, yeah. he's year two and we're year 15, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, um, at the same time, like he deserves a little bit of patience. I'm at least waiting until the deadline. Yeah. Um, is where I'm at when it comes to this, you know? Um, and it well, yeah. seems like a lot of this year is going to have to do with setting a culture, you know? And I think a lot of that has to do with the defensive end of the floor and buying in and giving a maximum effort on that night. Like just be the team that nobody likes to play, you know, be, be annoying yep. as hell. Like, I think when you, like, when I think of this three guard lineup, I, I think of just being so pesky and aggressive when it comes to on ball defense and forcing turnovers and maybe that means you're putting Rashawn Holmes and some of these other guys, Tristan Thompson, Alex Len in tough situations at the rim, but just like just being annoying on defense at least. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I and, think and that. What, right. And in the same sense, what did we see um, Jaegers last year that on the opposite side where it was, they were going so hard on offense, they were tiring guys out. If you can do that on the opposite right end where you can end up tiring guys out because they're. I mean, I felt like you saw that get the Boston team that they looked worn out by the end. Like they were like, it was, they were done. Um, that if you can become a team like that on the other side of the ball, yeah, it's a whole nother, whole nother option to, um, to look at. And that's a lot of what this team has to figure out is that, that balance, right. They've always been so good offensively and well, I think it was Jason Jones that said in the 15 years, they've had one year where they were in the top 20 for defense. Um, that is just, you can't even Jesus. be in the, in the top 20 for like, just be in the top 20 for defense for once. Like, I, I mean, I don't even think they were like low twenties probably. in most of those two, it was always like 25 or above. Um, so I mean, oh, just so show sad. a little bit more that's there. So like, but that's, I mean, but that's a good, a good thing like that. It's, in those 15 years, you couldn't be top 20. You're not making the playoffs. Like you, I mean, it should, like you have to do stuff on that, on that side of the ball. And so again, like we're, we're questioning the roster makeup, but in that sense, like you also get like where they're coming from too. Right. In that sense where if these guys can, can get you there, I'm not sure how they're necessarily going to do it in during the game, but at least the type of guys they are, I, I can understand it. You know what I mean? That, that sense, I, it'll be interesting to see if Tristan, if he's here, if he's still that guy, he was, um, where I thought it was great that Jerry, um, Reynolds said it on deuce and Mo today is that I'd be happy. Um, if it was four years ago, Tristan, but now Tristan, like you just, you don't know, you hear more about the, the off court stuff, right. Then the necessarily the on court, which but I don't know the if guy his did fault, also average, yeah. uh, well, the some things, some things are definitely his fault. Some things are definitely his fault. I get what you mean though, but yeah. Um, but he also did what he averaged. I think it was like seven and eight last year, like seven well, point eight rebounds. He's just reportedly I mean, such a good teammate, right? Like, right? It, like, um, um, Kemba Walker like never tweets. And there was this whole reporting that came out last year that Tristan Thompson was like, you know, an issue in the locker room among his teammates. And so many people came out 
from that team and said that wasn't the case, you know, and that's never been the issue with Tristan Thompson. Like there's been so many guys in Cleveland that he was such a good, like leader on that team. Um, So, I mean, like, I think that's a really interesting part of Thompson and he had a lot of issues. I think the issues last year were revolving around the coaching staff and who's to say that those don't end up happening in Sacramento. Um, But like when it comes to locker room, toughness, leadership, you know, championship experience, like, I mean, there's there's usefulness in right. Tristan Thompson, and I don't I don't necessarily see him starting, but he can if he can come in and get you a double double, like right, who's going to be unhappy about that, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's you you would take that from a bench guy, so um, yeah. yeah. So I, again, it'll be interesting to see how Walton, if this is truly eight weeks from now, the the makeup of it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how. Um, he puts it together, but like you said, being patient and leading up to the the trade deadline. Um, if they end up having Buddy, he very well could be the hot name that's that's available, especially if you have um, some teams within striking distance or wanting to solidify right that that over the top. There's there's plenty of teams that have those extra wings and and a lot of wings and no centers, which were the opposite. Um, between, you know, we have guards and we have centers. So um, if there are teams that are kind of creeping and um, and need one of those two options, we we have plenty to choose from. So there's there's a lot of teams that grow desperate, desperate of specific skill sets. And it's yep. probably most common that that skill set is shooting that teams are looking for. So, yeah, yeah I'm definitely with you there. And I think just um, like in closing, my main notes from Summer League is really just I hope the defense carries over the defensive intensity and defensive effort I think um the whole defense win championships thing to me like it's just always been the defense is where you can be consistent your shots aren't going to fall every single night you could get good looks every single night um but they're just not going to go down on a night-to-night basis um and I think that where you bother and throw off the other team on the defensive end is where you find consistency. I think that's why the team was so inconsistent last year um, because they just had no identity on the offensive end. So you're giving a lot of open looks and a good amount of times those aren't going to fall. And sometimes when they're not, you're going to look pretty good because you're a decent offensive team at the same time. Um, So hopefully the team can find a little bit more consistency when it comes to the defensive end of the floor and some of their effort levels. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think just proper rotations and defensive coverages on that end, um, which, uh, yeah, I mean, I think some of the fan base and myself was a little skeptical of Walton Kalamian or whoever else you want to throw that on. And maybe it's different with, um, with Christy and, and the other guys that they brought in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think aside from, you know, hoping that some of the defensive effort carries over, I love Davion Mitchell. Like I fell for him so hard, very quickly. He won a lot of people over. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew that would happen. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. If I could go back to draft night, I still wouldn't have picked Mitchell. Um, And it's really funny to me how much of the fan base, like almost feels like they would have picked Mitchell now um, because I'm still like very far from that point. But like, I mean, I can't deny he's it's like, how can you not love having Davion Mitchell on your roster? You know, every team yep. in the NBA would love it, even if, I mean, Sacramento situation where you're loaded in the backcourt um, and, and that's your what feels like set in stone two positions. So um, and I really I, hope they can prove everybody wrong in the and absolutely. and have Fox Halliburton and and Mitchell work and that 
no, we don't have to blow anything up that you can legitimately just have three good guys <laughs> that, right. um, that can be out there. I mean, how many times, right. That did Boston have three good guards, right. It's, I don't know. We act like teams just never have OKC never have three good guards and all, you know, and they have to be, you have to make a decision and one has to go. Um, nope. I hope, I hope they truly prove, um, everybody wrong and it works. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I get the skepticism because I think like a lot of the three guard lineups I see referenced. Yeah. had a little bit more size, um, but also, you know, the other side of it, like Mitchell was guarding Cade in college. She was the primary assignment on a six, eight Cade Cunningham um, did a damn good job doing that. And then has the versatility to be guarding uh, Peyton Pritchard James Booknight shutting all those guys down. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely the potential there. I get the skepticism, and I'm probably more in that side than the optimist. Um, but I do see the upside of it, um, and, and I could see it working as a three-yard lineup. Like, I, I, I really can't move past, like, how much I – assuming that they actually viewed Mitchell as the best player available also, and not just the player that would be the most impactful right away – um, which, you know, is, is accounted when it comes to best player available. But I think that as long as that wasn't the primary focus, um, I, I really respect just taking the guy that you think is the best one available, despite the fit. You know, it's something that I think the fan base and a lot of teams, fan bases have been pushing for for a long time. Obviously, the whole Luca thing, like so many people were concerned with fit. So if you clearly believe that Mitchell was the best player available, which is the impression I've gotten from the things that Monty and the front office have said, um, I really respect the pick when it comes down to it. You know, it's a lot of confidence yeah. in, in your willingness to make that. And, and hopefully at very least, even if he's not an awesome fit along these other side, these other two guards, which he very well could be that he'll be a, um, he'll be a culture setter, which I think is, is a lot of the idea here and what I'm optimistic for next year. Yeah. Well, even just thinking about it, like when you have, we've all tried to like find someone that who like he reminds us of, right? Like you have people saying um, Drew or Smart or Pat Bev, but like, I was also thinking there's not a lot of guys in names because how many of these guys currently in the league do we get right now that come in and say like, I'm going to be that defensive guy, right? Like, it's just, it's not common. And so in that sense too, I think he's such a wild card for fans just because right now, when you see defensive guys come in, it's like wings, you have the defensive wing or you have the center that's gonna, you know, that's projected to be the next whatever. Um, but you don't really hear much about, Oh, he's the point guard. That's going to stop everybody. It's, um, Oh, they're the next Trey young point guard. You know what I mean? Steph Curry, like it's, they're the three point, um, one. So I, and that sense, I really hope that it works for him just because it, it's so uncommon right now <laughs> that you have guys actually want to be like that defensive first um, and then kind of show everything else. But yeah, I just, I kind of thought that was interesting because it, it's so hard to find those kind of comparisons, but in the same time, it's not because he's not built like somebody it's because there just aren't a lot of players coming into the league right now that are guards that are such that have that defensive, you know, um, the accolades to them of that's not like the score first point guard. 
Um, so. Yeah, hopefully there's a level of uh, accountability on this roster, and Mitchell strikes me as the kind of guy from my very outsider point of view that um, will hold people accountable when it comes yeah. to that. And, you know, same for Doug, Bobby, and and the rest of the guys on the roster. Um, so, yeah, that's my that's my optimism headed into this next year. And uh, do you have any final notes here, Jill, on Summer League champions, Sacramento Kings? Yeah. My dogs are going crazy. I don't know if you hear that. Molly. No worries. Is your dog's name Molly? She's digging. Did you just say Molly? I have Molly and Gracie. My yeah. dog's name is Molly. Oh, yeah. Molly's wow. digging. She's off the bed now. And so uh-huh. she's not, she's the mini schnauzer. She can't jump onto the bed because it's tall. So mm. she's digging into the dog bed right now. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> but no, just um, loved what I saw. Um, happy for these guys. And like you said, hopefully it we can see it translate over, and uh, I think it'll be pretty glaring um, if you get this kind of effort from some and not from others as as the season starts, which will cause totally. some issues in its own right. Totally, <laughs> but and you know what? It should. Um, yep. And again, like at at this point, I've, I would keep saying it's. I just want to see them win. I I've tried not to get attached and worry about you know what I mean? Guys on the team. Like I, I love following players and things like that. Um, whether they're on my team or not, I just want to see the Kings win regardless of who who's ever on here right now. Like, um, I know people are like, no, we can't get rid of this one. No, we have to keep this. I just want to win. Like just get the talent and win. (laughs) I mean, it's been 15 years, right? Like it's, if we have to keep, if we have to keep people and keep losing, I'm sorry. Like I'd rather, I'd rather have guys here that that figure it out are going to win so um hopefully we get that this year and we don't extend to 16. (laughs) hopefully not um yeah do everything possible to not make that happen um and yeah hopefully a little bit of defensive mindset shift will be the main influence when it comes to uh making an improvement record-wise for the sacramento kings roster um, that's all I have on the summer league. I am really happy for all the guys that were on this roster. I'm sure it was a great time. Um, especially during their time in Vegas, like they just felt very well put together and, um, felt like a really complete team, which I think is rare for a group of guys that haven't been together for that long. Um, I think that like everybody in Sacramento media did a really good job and, and fun job of covering this. Um, I, I hopped on D'Lo and KC earlier today. Um, they obviously do a great job. Deuce and Mo live stream their entire lives away. If you're not watching Deuce and Mo, so I don't know what you're doing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's just so many guys. All the guys at the King's Herald, Jill's rocking a sorry for your off night shirt right now. They just released their their Kang's Summer League Championship shirts with two different banners on it that are pretty creative and funny. <laughs> so obviously check out the site there and all the work going on from those guys. Um, and I should have something up with some video content from uh, some of these summer league guys there not too long as well. So take a look at Kings Herald to support local independent Kings coverage. Uh, go take a look at their Patreon to do that there. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Kings Pulse podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. And you'll hear from us again in the next couple of days.